Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the B-Roll Podcast, the sci-fi and sci-fi-adjacent visual media review podcast. That doesn't make any sense. This is a podcast where we watch movies (laughs) and TV shows that are straight to stream and happen to be sci-fi or sci-fi-adjacent, and then we review them, riff on them, do whatever we really feel like doing. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony. I'm the other host, Chris. And you are the other host, Chris. How are you, other host, Chris? I'm doing all right. Uh, it's a Saturday recording. I think this is the second one we've done. Maybe second, maybe third. I think we had an internet issues once that caused one of our recordings to be a Friday and Saturday recording. Yes, maybe. Hmm. No. I think it's, is it our first Saturday morning recording? I don't know. Hmm. I really don't. I, I don't think we've ever done Saturday. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't mm-hmm. we do a Sunday morning at one point? I have no clue, man. I don't know. So that leaves... Tuesday is the only day we haven't recorded an episode yet. Have we recorded on a Thursday? No, we recorded last Thursday for the first time. You're right. Tuesday's yeah. the last day. Mm. Yeah. Of what, what happened what's, to Tuesday? What's it the last day know. of? I don't know. This <laughs> last day standing. <laughs> yeah. I don't usually record in the morning. Usually record in the afternoons after you know work and the day is done and we're a little more relaxed. Yeah. Now I'm just waking up. Oh, you're relaxed after eight hours of work. Okay. I am. Yes. (laughs) No, like we're relaxing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Shut up. (laughs) You shut up. Uh, So every Monday we release a movie review. Thursdays are for everything else. So what movie did we watch, Chris? We watched the 2020 Netflix joint Project Power would you like me to blurb you? I would love if you would blurb me. Where are you getting your blurb? I am on IMDb right now. All right, all right. When a pill that gives its users unpredictable superpowers for five minutes hits the streets of New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> Let me do that one again. <laughs> oh, I'm leaving that cut in. When a pill that gives its users unpredictable superpowers for five minutes hits the streets of New Orleans, a teenage dealer and a local cop Let's team up with an ex-soldier to take down the group responsible for its creation. All right, man. So I have the Netflix blurb up. You want to read that one? I don't, but here I go. (laughs) An ex-soldier, a teen, and a cop collide in New Orleans as they hunt for the source behind a dangerous new pill that grants users temporary superpowers. I think both of those blurbs are pretty accurate. Yeah, they're not too bad. Not too bad. So this is... Like you mentioned, it's on Netflix original. It's got a couple of big name actors in it. Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt as our mm-hmm. ex-soldier and cop, respectively. Mm-hmm. Now, the teen is played by a woman named Dominique Fishback. Never heard of her. She hasn't done a whole lot. <laughs> it, on her Wikipedia, it says that she was born 1990-1991. So we're what? not 100% sure of her age yet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Looks like she was in some TV in the yeah. last couple of years. Okay. She did some off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway. In, tw- in 2014, she premiered her off-off-Broadway play Subverted, in which she played 22 characters. Oh, interesting. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. All right. So, I mean, she's a fairly new actress. Yeah. We're going to start giving our opinions on the movie here. I think she held her own with the other two. Okay. Yeah. Although, go I'm going to... Well, you know, I was I was just going to read the uh, first couple lines on Wikipedia, as we are wont to do. Project Power is a 
2020 American superhero film. I don't think that's accurate. Directed by Ariel Shulman and Henry Joost. Produced by Eric Newman and Brian Uncles, And written by Matt Matson Tomlin. It stars Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Dominique Fishback. Alongside Colson Baker, Rodrigo Santoro, Amy Landecker, and Alan Maldonado. Follows a drug dealer, police officer, and former soldier who team up to stop the distribution of a pill that gives the user superpowers for five minutes. The concept of this film is quite similar to a 2016 Indian Tamil language science fiction action film, Iru Mugan, and directed by Anand Shankar. All right, all right. So I find it interesting that the Netflix description describes Robin, Dominic Fishback's character, as a teen, while IMDb says teen dealer. And the Wikipedia says drug dealer, like calls it what it is. <laughs> That's an interesting choice. Hmm. I mean, that's our introduction to her early in the movie is she is dealing uh, this drug they call power that gives you the superhero, superhero power, the superpowers. It is interesting <laughs> in terms of the blurbs, you know, that's just I don't know how much of that is trying to catch people's attention or whatnot. But right, right. As you were saying earlier about Robin, uh, in terms of the actress herself, I don't I, I don't necessarily think that she did a bad job. I think her performance was adequate. It's just hard when you're stuck in between two heavy hitters like Jamie Foxx and JGL. I mean, all right. say what you want about what? No, go ahead. Keep going. Well, I was just going to say, say what you want about Jamie Foxx's career. The guy's a fairly a good well-traveled actor. actor. I mean, he's yeah. good. I think he's won some awards. And JGL is, you know, who he is. Uh, so <laughs> you know, he's, uh, what's his name's uh, darling? Well, Christopher yeah, Nolan. He's his favorite yeah, actor. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt is to Christopher Nolan as Harrison Ford is to George Lucas. All right. Uh, <laughs> so you're, you're saying they're pretty heavy-hitting actors. How do you feel about their performance? Whichever one you want to start with, I don't care, in this movie. I don't think that JGL convinces me that he's a New Orleans native. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he sells that enough. I think towards the later end of this movie, the back end, he starts to like... I, I don't know, like, I think he starts to phone it in a little bit. I don't know. I just Towards the end? I yeah. felt it the whole time. Oh, really? <laughs> it doesn't help that I he, I don't feel like he has a lot of screen time. I feel like there's a huge, and maybe it's just that the little bits he did show up were so unimportant, but he just, it feels like he was at the beginning of the movie, and then he was at the end of the movie. In the mm. middle, there's not a lot going on with him. No, I and so you. maybe it's that, that you just don't have the time to actually connect with the character, which I think is, is something I'm going to say about all of them, more or less. Well, both Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt character, characters, Art and, oh, I already forgot the other guy's name. Frank. Frank, thank you. I don't connect with them at all. They're very shallow. There's very little effort. Robin, Dominique's character, you get where she's coming from. Her motivations are there and flawed, and she's struggling. Like They have scenes with her interacting with other people, like scene with her at school dealing with society and then dealing with her her night job and then dealing with her you know sick mom so you get a lot of her she's really the main character right regardless of who has top billing she's the main character of this movie yeah i mean she's the hinge in which the door opens and closes exactly exactly yeah. jamie fox does okay but we get a lot of scenes of him and robin interacting right so you get more of him but joseph gordon lovett just kind of shows up he just shows up at the end. Like, he, you know he's looking. He has this scene with the mom. 
yada, yada, yada. He's doing his thing, but uh, I don't know. I'm unconvinced of a lot of things. So for y'all who are new or y'all who aren't new, who just want a reminder, the beginning here, we we talk about the movie as a movie. That's so what we're going through, the blurbs and whatnot. We're going to give our initial opinions. We're going to break down the plot and really get into it. And then we'll give our final thoughts. Sometimes we sometimes we change minds. Sometimes, you know, like something. Sometimes I end up not liking it or whatever. So I didn't care for this movie. Oh. I don't have anything bad to say about it from a production standpoint. <laughs> it's not like uh, like Occupation or the movie coming out next week, Angels Fallen, where it is just what what is happening. I don't understand yeah. what's happening. It's all just kind of bland. Okay. No one convinced me of anything. I didn't believe anything that was happening. I thought that the plot was incredibly weak. The movie should have ended... With Jamie Foxx's character, Art, or Major, or whatever they're calling him, bleeding out in a grocery store. That would have been the it. That <laughs> wow. should have, that would have been the, the end of the movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He kidnaps her. Doesn't I don't want to say torture, but it's not a nice interrogation, right? He doesn't hurt her. He scares her a whole lot. Puts her in danger where she could have got shot multiple times. All very, very quickly. And then he's... Got a gunshot wound in the chest. Or, well, you know, that magic space in the shoulder everyone gets shot in. It has an exit wound. It didn't hit any bones. It, whatever. Okay. That's not really a, a complaint about Project Power. That's just a complaint about everyone aims really, really well for that meaty spot in the shoulder. I mean, it's a Hollywood uh, thing. It's not. Yeah, it's just. That's, that's just not this that, movie's yeah. fault. Yeah. No, no. That's what I'm saying. It's not this movie's fault. That's just whatever. She thinks this guy killed her cousin before he did all these other things. And then he goes, no, I didn't. He OD'd. Please help me. I'm going to die. And then she somehow picks Jamie Foxx up, puts him in a vehicle, takes him to a vet, like fixes him up. And then they're like, buddy, buddy, the rest of the movie. I don't know, man. My My wife actually had a comment. Rarely does she actually interject when I'm making notes. And uh, she said, how did she get him to the vet? <laughs> Look, it was like I was like, wait, what? And she's yeah. like, he, he's got to weigh what, like two hundred and fi- like two hundred and forty pounds? Like he's muscular, yeah, he's right? Maybe, and he's yeah. kind of big. And I was like, yeah, so. And she's like, well, what she did? She drag him out of the grocery store? <laughs> and in my head, <laughs> in my head, I'm like trying to do that thing where we rationalize the pothole. And I was like, well, maybe she put him in a cart. How did she lift him and put him? Yeah, I have no well, idea. She was having trouble getting out of the grocery store. It was locked up. Like, they got out of the grocery store together. There was that. And then, so, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, Frank, Frank, has been chasing down or looking for this guy, Art, for most of the movie. That's his thing. He's uh, undercover or it's his special role given him by the police captain. It's all hush-hush, right? He's got to find this guy because he thinks that he's the dealer for the drug power. He's the source of it. Which is not entirely untrue. He's not dealing it at all, but it doesn't matter. But once he gets him, gets Art, and uh, he handcuffs him and puts him in the front seat of his car instead of the back seat. I don't know. I've never seen a cop arrest somebody and put him in the front seat, but who knows? Maybe that's a thing. I'm... Well, I also don't think that was a patrol car. No. Like, I think that was just like a privatized vehicle, and so putting him in the mm. back seat wouldn't have made a difference. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, all right. I'll let, I'll let that one live. <laughs> Jamie Foxx has been murdering people left and right, arguably whether they deserve it or not. And just Gordon Levitt is like, oh, you're arrested. And he's like, okay. Why didn't he like 
he could have just beat him up and left. Like, he's shown that he could do that. He just got out of a room where he killed a bunch of people. Why did he even get arrested? And it doesn't even matter because within five minutes of being arrested, he has somehow convinced this cop that he's actually the good guy. With one of the just stupidest cliche tropes out there with, look me in the eyes. Am I lying to you? <laughs> I don't know, man. You're an actor. You're obviously a good liar. <laughs> How the heck am I supposed to know? Those two big kind of plot devices are just, just stupid. Right. It's no, just I got dumb. you. I don't know if there was something cut that would have made it make more sense. I feel like if they'd had an interaction with Frank and Art at the beginning of the movie or closer to the beginning of the movie, there's nothing. He doesn't know anything about this guy at all until he's in that car with him. And I was still waiting for <laughs> I was still waiting for the twist where Jamie Foxx's character was actually the bad guy the whole time. And he just got cut out of the deal. So he's coming back, <laughs> you know, and he's using his this picture he found of some girl as a but I know that's probably not true because we, we're getting flashbacks and he's he's having like post-traumatic flashbacks of his daughter. So, right. But, you know, I'm still waiting for something. No, I got you. And then they turn into buddy, buddy again. <laughs> they, they, they even do the stupid when he comes and rescues him near the end. Frank rescues art and he's like, took you long enough. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> stupid. So I'm sorry. No, you're good. I didn't like out. the movie. I have good things to say. I promise. No, nah, but <laughs> let it out. A great production and a good idea and a well shot movie will never overcome a crappy, crappy plot. That's where I stand. That's where I'm <laughs> sitting right now. Fair enough. All right. All right. I'm sorry. No, no, man. Like I've said this before. You get to edit this so you can say as much as you want. <laughs> I do want to B roll back a little bit. Oh, wow. <laughs> In terms of the performances, out of all of them, I think Jamie Foxx is probably the best. And only because I think we get so much of him. I would agree with you that Robin, Dominique Fishback's character, is probably the main character. But in in terms of screen time, I I think we probably get slightly more Jamie Foxx. Maybe. Or at least the stuff we get of Jamie Foxx is, I don't want to say more relevant or important, but I, I guess it feels like it's more developed because we do get a great sequence of JGL, Frank, during the bank robbery, when he goes yeah. in and he takes the power pill and apparently makes him bulletproof, <laughs> which yeah. is cool, I guess, yeah. you know. That's a very intense scene. And then we stop and we talk to Courtney Vance, which is his captain. But yeah, with uh, that, over, with overall, that stupid I think, hat. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I think, I think Jamie Foxx has probably got the best performance, but it's only because it felt like his scenes were probably designed better. I don't know. Well, he's in a lot more action scenes too. And the action is well shot. Only two characters get character development, right? right. It's Jamie Foxx and Dominique Fishback. I think Robin's story is well told. Yes. And then uh, Jamie Foxx's story is told. <laughs> I don't know necessarily. I guess the well difference told, between their yeah. two stories is that his is a story we've seen a thousand times in a thousand action movies. Right. The bad guys have stolen my wife slash kid slash girlfriend slash brother slash dog yeah you have taken something from me and i'm gonna get it back i'm gonna do everything i can to get it back yeah (laughs) i'm gonna hit you with some ratings are you ready i am prepared project power 6.1 on imdb yep uh, out of 5856 ratings as of this moment what's that median score six okay all right 
the Metacritic score, 51. And Rotten Tomatoes has this thing, 63% fresh from critics out of 86. And a 59% audience score out of 235 user ratings. All in all, average movie. Yeah. Slightly above average in some cases. I'm sorry. If you spend $85.1 million, you shouldn't be happy with an average movie. <laughs> and with those those names we just mentioned. Insert Star Wars joke now. <laughs> I'll cut it from one of the other episodes, but it is. <laughs> I think overall, I didn't hate the movie. I do think it was, I think maybe the term I would use is disappointing. I thought the action sequences sure. were pretty pretty well shot in particular there is a fight scene between jamie fox and machine gun kelly i'm not entirely sure what machine gun kelly's doing this movie but sure getting that filmography build up yeah (laughs) it's like a homeless man's human torch (laughs) yeah i I think this movie just kind of just disappointing yeah i actually watched it twice on purpose on purpose. So I watched mm. it last night. It was a little later than I wanted to be. I had a my sister. She had a, a birthday party yesterday, so I got home. Oh. I, I would say the young one, but the youngest one or the younger one? She turned 15 yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tall. <laughs> and he, it's weird. But uh, no, I invited my dad over. We, we watched a movie. And I, I mentioned in a previous episode, I've kind of redone my living room setup. So I haven't watched a lot of movies in there. The TV has that higher refresh rate that makes things look... I don't know. I want it weird, but where it... I know, uh, I know what you're talking about. You know, yeah. The soap opera. The yeah, kind of looks soap opery. Yeah. And I had issues, with net, like Netflix usually does, with the sound, where like, normally I have issues. I think a lot of people complain about this because they push a 5.1 sound and you only have TV speakers. So, you know, voice and dialogue is really quiet and mm-hmm. sound effects and music is real loud. It wasn't that issue. It was just everything was quiet and then everything was loud for a while. And it might have just been my internet connection. So that, on top of the things I wasn't enjoying with the movie, and I thought, you know what, let me make sure that it wasn't just me kind of annoyed with the general setup and maybe a little tired because it was the end of the day. It was kind of late. So I watched it again this morning. Uh, It's still bad. (laughs) I just want to say I I gave it a chance. That's fair. That's all they can really ask of you. Yeah. If we want to compare this to other things that we've watched, either on this podcast or not Mm -hmm. on this podcast, yeah, there is an interesting thing. So we watched Code 8. Yeah, People are good. born special, right? right? And the same thing with if you want to make the Code 8 X-Men comparison. Mutants. Yeah. People are born that way, right? No, we watched Umbrella Academy recently. They're also born that way, right? And then uh, it, the popular things that are going on in current visual sci-fi adjacent media today. The Marvel Universe or the DC Universe, you know... Whenever people become quote unquote superheroes or supervillains, it's usually like a life altering event, right? Sure. You either get exposed to cosmic or gamma rays, you get injected with a super serum, you're kidnapped, and then you're a billionaire playboy genius. Yeah. You get bit by a spider at a, at a school field trip. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Or you have shrapnel in your heart, and the only thing stopping it is a magnet powered by a element that doesn't exist technically whatever whatever the case may be usually gaining your superpowers is a life-altering event and in this it's you take uphill which is cool the idea behind superpowers in an instant i've I've made the reference before i've I've referenced this before on our podcast but bioshock a game in which it's kind of a play on the way capitalism and exceptionalism works but for the most part the dichotomy of a game that takes itself so seriously in its philosophical message, but then you can buy super pe- superpowers out of a vending machine. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, th- I think that's what this movie, like, I don't know if it was trying to do that, but we get this gritty story about the streets of New Orleans and how drug dealers and you have this cop that's doing everything he can to stem the tide. Right. Insofar as breaking the law to take a power pill, essentially gets suspended by his captain and then begins a one-man vigilante war against this. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, at least in its premise. I think the premise of this movie is sound. Like the whole idea of you walk into a, like there's that old joke about you're in an elevator. Someone powerful in the movie industry gets on the elevator with you, like James Cameron gets on the elevator with you. Mm. And you're going from the first floor to the 50th floor. And you have three minutes to sell your premise. And so you... Sure. The in, elevator in one, pitch. You're describing the elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, what I was, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. Yeah. In a sentence, describe your movie. This movie has a really good elevator pitch. Sure. You can get superpowers by taking a pill, and they last for five minutes. Okay. So I have a couple of problems. Sure. With what you just said. One, why haven't you mentioned Limitless yet? I don't think I've ever seen Limitless. Oh, no? Well, he takes a pill and becomes super smart for as long as the pill lasts. That's the whole thing. And then it's pushed on the streets and blah, blah, blah. There was a TV show, too. It's all right. Okay, sure. I was expecting you to say Limitless the whole time you were talking that it never came up. Oh, Uh, sorry. (laughs) No, it's not your fault. You've never seen it. You've never seen it. It's all good. It's You should. Is that the one with um, Bradley Cooper? Yeah, it's got Bradley Cooper in it. Okay. Is it pre-Hangover? The thing I remember Bradley Cooper from is Wedding Crashers, where he uh, plays... The king of the D-bags. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. Okay, Limitless then, came out in 2011. Uh, Hangover came out in 2009, so. Okay, yeah. And well, and Hangover is like when he, you know. Graduated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right? I mean. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I don't know. I was expecting, sorry, I was expecting the Limitless comparison this whole time. But, okay. I am not, a, is it a biologist? I'm not a pharmacist. I mean, I, I took some ibuprofen this morning. That's the extent of my drug knowledge but i do know (laughs) different drugs and different doses of drugs will metabolize in the body at different rates and will metabolize in different people's bodies at different rates like me and you are fairly similar and build and whatnot so we're probably the same but somebody else um who's way smaller way bigger you know younger older whatever is going to get impacted by the same dose of medicine differently am i wrong in that uh sure yeah, sure I'm wrong or sure I'm let's, no, let's go I, with what I'm saying. Sure, I don't know if you're wrong or right. <laughs> I assume. Well, that's why you have like children's doses of things. Yeah. And then as you get older, it's like, oh, check a doctor. You might need one. You might need two, whatever. Right. But everybody in the movie is able to put a timer on as soon as they take this pill because it lasts exactly five minutes. Also, sure. every pill has a chip in it that is just sitting in the stomach to track them. Yeah. Why not? Because stomach acid. And because you eventually pass things. I don't know if you yeah, knew this, but I things mean, that go in your mouth come out. I mean, they're only tracking you for the amount of time that you that you have the power. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. That wasn't the impression like, uh, I got, but that could that you're probably right. Mm. I had some notes about some of the timing on things, about the the length oh, yeah. of stuff. How did his and his powers run out at the same time? If it only lasts five minutes, and then I thought, oh, well, it's because it reacts differently to different people, because that would make the most sense, because everyone gets a different superpower when you take it. <laughs> but then, how are you able to set a timer to it? I don't know. So I like the premise. I felt it could have been a little more fleshed out. Like I said, the idea of superpowers being 
a criminal thing, not in the code aid or X-Men type way, but you can get superpowers for five minutes. Of course that would be outlawed. Yeah. It could have done a little bit more of a crime thriller. It could have done more the superpowers. I don't know. They could have done a lot of things, but it didn't. So Maybe that's what's on the cutting room floor. Yeah. I love to do this. Is I like to bring up movies that we haven't watched, but that Robin Hood movie with Russell Crowe. Never you know seen talking it, about? but yes, okay. I know what you're talking about, yeah. According to the internet, and I've read this from multiple websites, that movie was originally called Nottingham, and what it was was actually like a Sherlock Holmes investigation movie in which the sheriff of Nottingham is investigating these crimes, Robin Hood's crimes, Interesting. Right? Yeah, that would be cool. I'd watch that. And Guy of Gisborne, who is his cousin is along for the ride and then uh, and the movie ends where they're in Robin Hood's lair and then the sheriff of Nottingham is like explaining what's going on and then guy of Gisborne figures out the sheriff of Nottingham is actually Robin Hood and then the sheriff of Nottingham slash Robin Hood turns around and kills guy of Gisborne and then uh. Oliver Stone got a hold of that script and Russell Crowe got assigned to that project and then they just turned it into a generic Robin Hood movie I never saw it because it was from the creator it, of Gladiator with the dude from Gladiator yeah, doing it another just period generic. piece. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's what happened to Project Power. Maybe it was something that it isn't. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I'm not out here trying to defend this generic. I don't want to call it generic. It's just disappointing. That's all I have yeah. to say about this movie is my, in, in my initial opinion is that it's just disappointing. All right. Well, I think I've given enough initial opinions. <laughs> Do we want to do a plot breakdown? I will endeavor to be brief. Our opening shot is of some very intense music. A shipping container is on the ocean. A bunch of containers get taken off this boat. A shipping container on the ocean. I'm sorry. A a massive... What are those called? A cargo container ship? ship? Yeah, a cargo ship. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of these containers opens up. It looks like a drug deal. In fact, it looks almost exactly like... That scene in Batman Begins. Yes, yes, Where it does. Batman first uh, meets the crime bosses. In terms of a drug deal, this is slightly different because the person who has the quote-unquote drugs is telling them, I'm going to give this to you for free and just sell it. I don't want any money. I just want you to sell it. And there's a couple people there. Newt, played by Machine Gun Kelly, asks a lot of questions. And then he says, this is power. And he explains what it does. And then... Did you notice the product placement in this scene? Oh, the big gulp? <laughs> <laughs> With the 7-Eleven logo yeah. right in the middle of the screen? Yeah. Yeah. How, how much did that cost? How much did they get for that one? I don't know, man. I don't know. Our opening sequence is actually of a bunch of 911 calls or people on the phone describing crazy like happenstances, like someone running 35 miles an hour, someone being able to lift something very heavy, and then... We hear a young woman, Robin, one of our main characters, rapping slash freestyling over some beats. And she's just holding a power pill and she's just staring at it. Mm. Then she hears someone yelling, bird. She goes outside. She puts her mask on. She has a handkerchief. You know, there's a pandemic. uh, (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, I have that down here. I was like, she's the only one paying attention to the pandemic. So it's two young men. Whatever she's selling, she's offering it for $500. They think it's too much. They say she doesn't have a gun. She turns around. There is a third person. She gets assaulted. She holds her own for half a second, and then 
She gets overwhelmed because there's three of them. JGL shows up, pulls his gun. One of the young men trying to buy this power pill is about to take it. And he's like, yeah, man, I bet you heard about power. I bet you heard it can give you superpowers. But what if you have a bad power? What will that do for you? I have down here a question, which is, what is the worst power that you could get from this pill? We find out later what the actual worst power actually oh. is. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what, an instant overdose, I think, is the worst? I don't even know <laughs> but, if that uh, counts as a power. What could you think of? What would be the worst power you could get from this pill? My but before you, even... before you know what it actually is, Right. Because we find out later what how they get their powers or whatever. But what, what would be the worst one? Spoon hands. Spoon hands. <laughs> Your hands turn into giant spoons for five minutes. <laughs> I uh, I have a long time running <laughs> gag with a, a mutual friend of ours. He and I once broke down the absolute worst superpower that you could ever have. And it would be the ability to shoot mayonnaise from your fingertips. <laughs> that would be great, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to reveal to everyone out there if you didn't already know, but I'm I'm pretty white and I put mayonnaise on a lot of things. That could be very convenient. Think of all the money you're going to save not having to. Bu- Wait a minute, though. What brand of mayonnaise? <laughs> Anthony brand. That's <laughs> oh it is. no, 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 no. But like, if like, you know, like the the Justice League or the Avengers, and they have like yeah, the junior yeah. members or whatever, the new kid shows up, like Spider Man. Tony Stark brings him in. He's like, this is Spider-Man. He's our newest recruit. And then you meet him. And then he's like, oh, what's your power? And then you just go, Psh, and you just shoot a bunch of mayonnaise out of your hands. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. So. I don't know, man. Spoon hand sounds worse than that. Yeah. But. Yeah. But I mean, but you can at least dig, right? The spoons. <laughs> yeah, but if I'm in my room and the doors are closed. Oh, no. What am I I'm doing? De- I'm defeated by my lack of opposable thumbs. <laughs> Glad it only lasts five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So while JGL's talking this dude down, he actually gets close enough and snatches the pill out of his hands. So good job. And then uh says, I only got one set of handcuffs. And he arrests Bird. The three young men run off and she calls him out and she says, well, are you trying to be Clint Eastwood? Or are you doing that Clint Eastwood thing? Because essentially it's what he does. He's like, you know, do you feel yeah. lucky? Oh, yeah. She's like, you know, you owe me $500. He pays her and he just, he tells her like, hey man, I'm out here trying to even the odds. Things are crazy. I'm doing whatever I can to keep the streets clean. And so he's already doing kind of a vigilante thing. And then he gives her the dirt bike and tells her that it was the best one from the impound lot. <laughs> it has the impound sticker on the front of it still. Yeah. She drives home with that sticker on it. Yeah. She drives or she rides away. I forget sometimes like how good Lil Wayne is at rapping. It just is a fat beat. It just kills it. That takes us to our next scene, which is her at home storing her cash in a box that she hides in a hole in the wall. So Connor... This is how you hide money from your mother. <laughs> you don't just put it in your sock drawer, idiot. Uh, uh, God. <laughs> then we get a shot of Jamie Foxx driving, but the first thing is him turning off his Kenwood stereo. And I just want to shout out to anyone who did any sort of car audio stuff in the early aughts or even in the 90s. Kenwood, man. Yeah, because <laughs> they don't, they don't make that anymore because now all, well, I'm sure they do. But I don't. I haven't used a non-factory stereo in my vehicle in years. At some point, I don't know when when I stopped caring. <laughs> well, I I used to have a job at a place that did car audio. Right. I had one that you would press a button and the screen would slide out and then flip back. 
Yeah. Anyways, Jamie Foxx is wearing a NASA shirt. Cool. How did you feel about him wearing that NASA shirt? <laughs> it looked out of place to me. Like, it just kind of looked off. But it could just be where he's at. Maybe he just looked off. But everything else about him, it's fine. I don't know. I have a feeling that this guy probably doesn't spend a whole lot of money on his outfits. And so he probably just gets whatever clothing he can and wears it. Sure, Because um, sure. later on, he's wearing an adopt shirt. Well, he for, for, for like fifteen minutes. He picked that one up from the vet. Yeah, sure. Shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what he wears that saying. Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, he just wears clothes because he doesn't really care about his appearance. He has a piece of paper or a like a small notebook that has a newt on it and the word newt. He gets to an apartment building. He goes up to the top floor. He's holding a cardboard box. He knocks on the door. It opens up slightly, and then there's a gun in his face. It is Newt. He says, what can I do for you? And he's like, I'm looking for Newt. And he's like, well, who are you? And he says, I'm a friend of Simon. And then he's like, well, you know, put the box down and keep your hands up or something like that. But it's just a little back and forth. He's like, well, which one do you want me to do? Do you want me to keep my hands here? Or do you want me to put the box down? I thought, you know, it's pretty humorous. Eventually, he puts the box down. He says, you need to you need to go talk to Simon and ask him about me. I'm the major. And then Newt goes, all right, man, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And he shuts the door. But before he shuts it, the major sticks his foot in and then illegally enters this man's home. Yes, he does. I thought he was a cop. And so I have down here oh. like how he's like breaking all these protocols. Like I was like, he entered this man's home without a warrant. <laughs> he, he, he never read him his Miranda rights. And then like later on, I'm like, oh, he's not a cop. Never mind. So I just came back here and just <laughs> the, lined through I thought the sawed off shotgun kind of gave it away. But yeah, sure. sure. I think he could be an undercover cop. Oh, possibly. Possibly. He enters this man's apartment. He gets right behind Newt and has, as you said, a sawed-off shotgun. He manages to corner him. Yeah, Newt also, his face, very different He's, from the last time we saw him. Yeah, it's it looks burned or scarred. Newt runs away, hides in a little hidey hole. The Major, I think he shoots at him once or twice and doesn't hit him. But he grabs a ringing phone, and then uh, Newt takes a power pill. And he catches on fire. Yeah, this is what I was saying earlier. He becomes a discount human torch. He charges right at him and then just gets shot in the chest with a shotgun. And I was like, oh, that was pointless. And then he just stands back up and charges Jamie Foxx's character again. Okay, so being on fire makes you bulletproof? Sure, hmm. why not, man? Yeah. I don't know, man. I have no idea. <laughs> the pellets just burn up before they get to the Maybe. skin? Uh. Maybe. They get into a little bit of a fight. Jamie Foxx, despite not having any sort of superpower, apparently, he was able to hold his own. Jamie runs down to the end of the hallway. He almost falls. He jumps down to a lower floor. Newt takes three more of these pills. Okay. Yeah. He's obviously burned himself before, maybe in that yeah. opening scene right after the cut. He really doesn't like this guy. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's breaking into his house, right? You know? He's, yeah, I guess, but... I mean, this guy's a criminal, so the major runs into a bathroom, turns on a shower, gets his jacket wet, and fills up a bathtub. Newt charges in there. He covers him with the jacket, you know, to kind of kill the fire a little bit. And then he throws. Yeah, this is a part. I have another part where he he assaults a suspect and interrogates him without reading his Miranda rights. Mm. And uh, it's, tortures him. He waterboards yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> but but I have it lined out because he's no longer a cop. So it's OK. It's not OK. Do not torture anyone out there. Keeps dousing him or keeps like shoving him in this bathtub, asking him questions. Eventually he gets a name, Biggie. Newt starts catching on fire despite being in a bathtub. And he's like, how many of these pills did you take? And then he explodes. The major is thrown through some floors slash walls. 
And while he is being projected, he actually, I guess, has a PTSD flashback of his car being flipped and then his daughter being taken from the passenger seat. Okay. And uh, he gets up and walks away, miraculously surviving yeah. the explosion. Yeah. Our scene cuts to Robin. Robin wakes up because her mom wakes up and says, hey, man, you going to be late for school. She goes to make her some soup. She's out of soup. You see a lot of pill bottles. And she's like, hey, after school, I'm going to go get you some soup and refill your prescription. While they're laying or sitting on the couch, uh, her mom's like, hey, isn't that fire where your cousin or where Newt hangs out? And she's like, yeah, I think so. And she's like, well, go ahead and do me a favor and text your cousin for me. And uh, you got to really, it's a nice little scene. It's obvious that she cares about her mom. I mean, it's probably why she's dealing drugs is to, you know, pay for things for her mother. Yeah, she had a lot of prescriptions. She's in pain or what have you. The major is hanging out in his truck. He pours some kind of alcohol or disinfectant on the burn, wraps it up with some gauze. His one gets burn. Out of, yeah. <laughs> well, he was wearing a jacket. <laughs> he gets out of his truck and changes his shirt. He puts on a fabulous print. Oh, I thought it was great. Looks at Newt's phone and sees just a bunch of emoji conversations where people are just like sending pill emojis or whatever. So, you know, it's the best way to, you know, have anonymity, right? Yeah. He puts the phone down, slightly frustrated, and then he gets a text from Robin asking if he's okay. She's in the middle of home ec right now. And he says, yeah, meet me at church and chicken. I'll have you know that I did not get that clue. <laughs> I was like, wow. Chicken house? Uh, I was like, chicken in a church. I read it backwards. <laughs> it never dawned on me that they meant church as chicken. Yeah, no, I was like, I was like, that's a church and that's a chicken. And then later on, when we were watching it, my wife was like, oh, that was church as chicken. I was like, yeah, of course it was, man. <laughs> so her teacher in home ec catches her not paying attention. Yeah. And, he, and he's like, look, man, you're failing this class. If you're going to make it in this world, you got to have a plan. So what's your plan? And uh, Robin doesn't say anything, but her friend who sits next to her is like, rap. And then the teacher looks kind of astounded for a second. He's like, what? And she's like, sure, she can. She raps. And then he says, all right, prove it to me. Prove to me that you can rap. And if you can do it in such a way that you can convince me that you're going to make it, I'll pass you. She just rips like a yeah. really, really hot rhyme. Like yeah. It's, it's fire. It's good. She humiliates him. And cringy. <laughs> a lot of freestyle is cringy. <laughs> Just the whole idea of everyone getting excited about it and supporting. There's some cell phone. Yeah, they're recording Camera it. recordings, viewpoints, blah, blah, blah. I just was like, oh, man. And everyone's like, oh. And then it cuts back to the teacher standing in front of her and him looking around. And he walks back down to his podium and he keeps talking. So it was just a fantasy. She didn't actually do it. But before he leaves, he says, so you can either give me the phone or you can go to the office. And she just gets up and leaves. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> That's what I would do. I mean, I don't, I don't got to listen to you, teacher. No, listen to your listen to your teachers. JGL shows up to a crime scene and he's wearing his Saints jersey, which... I mean, he's uh, a detective. Yeah, so, but... Yeah, but... <laughs> what? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, like... JGL is selling that he's a, a a detective, but I'm just not buying it. I'm just not buying it. He doesn't detect a single thing. <laughs> There's a bank robbery. There's feds there. They're taking over. Captain comes over. He's like, you know, we, we've been ordered to stand down. I got to answer to these guys. Frank is, he's not about that life. He walks over to a single solitary cop standing 
on the other side of his patrol car with his gun pointed at a door, and he says, hey, buddy, take a break. And then he just... <laughs> Is that how that works? I guess, man. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I assume, like... I assume there's a chain of command with most police precincts, and, like, detectives are, are a higher rank, so they can order patrolmen around i don't know i think that happens a lot in movies like yeah john mcclain does it a lot so yeah but there's a difference between every other detective and john mcclain that's a horrible <laughs> comparison to make uh, well he's a horrible detective he detects lots of things he just usually shoots them in the first three movies <laughs> he's riding a tank there's, in the there's more than three movies <laughs> There are only three movies. There's a great trilogy. As far as I'm aware. (laughs) He uh, goes over to the back door where I guess no one else was looking. This single patrolman was in charge of watching this back door, whatever. He takes a pill, a power pill, and we get um, lots of images of like water. Cool. And then he starts a five minute timer on his watch, breathes in really deep and goes inside. He opens a door. You know, it's an emergency exit. So there's an alarm. He walks past a very colorful wall that's got like some weird abstract art piece on it. We notice that there is someone actually blended into that wall. So that's this dude's power is he can blend into walls. <laughs> Not just walls, but anything he's walking by. Yeah, I mean, he's got active camo, essentially. Yeah, essentially. So, uh, I guess like he's chameleon-esque where he's able to, uh, his skin naturally adapts to the colors that he's around. Right, that's, which is not what a chameleon does, but sure, yeah, that's a common misconception. Chameleons sure. don't blend in. I mean, they can, but that's not the that's not what they're doing. There's octopuses that do that. Octopi, Oct- octopi, cephalopod. Ceph- yeah, that's what I say. There's a there's a word with a pod in it that makes more sense. <laughs> Frank, the detective, doesn't detect this invisible man, which is fair. He walks over to the hostages and then he pulls the mask off and he's like, "Where is he?" And then someone's like, "He's right behind you." Check the trope list. He gets smacked by one of these money bags. This guy runs off. They have a nice little chase scene where you can actually see like him adapting to the his surroundings because he's like running on concrete, and so he's like kind of grayish at the bottom. But since there's colors around him at waist level, like you see like the upper part of his body. This is the coolest effect in the whole movie. Honestly, yeah, Frank's like he's like follow the bags. <laughs> Fair enough. He knocks over someone on a bike. He steals the bike, then he gets hit by a car, loses one of the money bags, gets on a bus, opens the bag that he has remaining, and then it pops that ink bomb that all banks put in the money bag. So that money is ruined, right, when that happens? I don't know if you can wash it or not. Hmm. I've never robbed a bank. You should get a money launderer to... Wait, that's not what they do, right? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Also, can you... Those bags, can you... Never mind. I'm not going to ask questions about how you could get those bags open. That doesn't seem... (laughs) that doesn't seem smart so this guy pops this ink bomb so he's covered in pink ink (laughs) so he's now easier to see because he's no longer his skin isn't changing anymore because you can just see his pink head and i think part of one of his shoulders jgl chases this guy down some more Uh, eventually he they run through a building he tackles him through a window but he loses his gun chameleon man grabs his gun and then shoots him in the side of the head. Yeah. But he is bulletproof. Not concussion proof. Yeah. <laughs> so the bullet literally flattens against like his temple. And then he gets up and then just beats this guy. It looks like he's about to like punch through his chest. This guy moves out of the way just in time. And he like 
punches through the pavement. Like, he indents a huge hole in the ground. And I was like, ugh, wow. And then his timer goes off, and he's no longer, Yeah, you know. So powered. apparently they actually shot him with, like, an air gun in the side of the head to get that effect of his, his skin oh. rippling. So that was a real effect, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So he isn't bulletproof in real life? Joseph Gordon-Levitt is <laughs> bulletproof. However, the be. character he's playing... Is not right. He might be. We all might be. We don't know yet. <laughs> we cut to the major, Jamie Foxx's character, and then he goes into Church's Chicken. <laughs> yes. So in the text message conversation he was having with Robin, he's, he asks, what time do you want to meet? And she says, our regular time. He doesn't know what the regular time is, so he's just going to hang out in Church's Chicken all day. Cool. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we cut back to Frank. The captain comes in. And then he just asks him flatly, did you take a pill today? And then he replies, yes. Cool. Put your gun and badge on the table now. <laughs> <laughs> what what trope number is this? I think this is like 27. Because <laughs> I don't think it actually happens like that. I don't no. think. Whatever movie started that, or television oh, show, man, or story, whatever. Good job. Frank goes at him hard. He's like, look, man, I'm only taking these pills because I'm trying to stop the violence. You know, look at what's going on out here. You're being cut off at the knees. Every time we get close, you know, the feds shut us down. You got to fight power with power. <laughs> <laughs> no one man should have all this power. If, does he? I don't know if he convinces him as much as... So do you think the captain's in on it? Yeah. Okay. He's getting some something. I don't know. The feds are looking for the major. And so what happens is, is Courtney Vance, the captain, takes his hat off and slides it over to Frank. And Frank turns it over, and inside there's a picture of the Major. And he says, this is the guy we need. He's the boss. He's the kingpin. He's the source of power. Get him, and this all comes to an end. Source of power. (laughs) Frank, he works even slyer than he was before. But he does essentially have a, a verbal agreement with his commanding officer to do whatever it takes to get the Major. We cut to the Major, speaking of, in churches. Someone asks how he, you know, how are you doing? Is there anything else? Is there anything I do for you? And he says, "Oh, I'm fine." And then this woman says, "Oh, I know you are." <laughs> and we get that smile, uh, that that damn smile from Jamie gets me every time. And then he just asks for hot water. Yeah, first of all, who's getting service out of churches? <laughs> I need that level of <laughs> charisma, man. I'm sure I'm missing something. You just got to be really handsome, I guess. So, well, I got to be Jamie you- Fox level handsome. You are, Anthony. You are that handsome. Look, I appreciate what you're saying, but <laughs> I ain't bad, little... but I'm not Jamie Foxx. <laughs> he stays a little longer. And when I say a little longer, it's daytime when this happens, and then it's nighttime when Robin finally shows up. As someone who is trying her best to be inconspicuous, she doesn't do a very good job of it because she just walks around like, Newt? Newt? Like, I... I if she had stopped at his table and asked him if he had seen Newt, I wouldn't have been surprised. The major texts her, and she looks down at her phone like while she's coming in. And so he's like, okay, this is the girl, or this is the person I need to see. While she walks around, um, she goes up and opens the men's restroom door. And then when we cut back to the restaurant view, the major is no longer in the building. And I didn't actually notice that at first. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, he's gone. Oh, oh. So he was really slick about leaving. And then he slices her bike tire. It's raining. She's pushing her motorbike home. And then her, her mom texts her and she's like, hey, man, where's that soup? Right as uh, she's kind of heading home. 
he kidnaps her <laughs> for absolute yeah. lack of a better term. He just what do you mean lack of a better term. It is this is whenever <laughs> you're at the police academy and they're like, this is what a kidnapping is. They just show the scene from this movie. <laughs> he grabs her, tosses her in the back of his truck. It's the most yeah. stereotypical. <laughs> ugh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's no, fine. We cut to Frank. He's driving. He texts Robin. He's like, I need a resupply. Robin can't get out of this truck. She's kicking and screaming. The major pulls over underneath an overpass where no one can hear her scream because there's so much noise. He walks around to the back and he says, hey, all that kicking and screaming isn't going to do you any good. So you need to chill. He's like, if you don't chill, I'm going to go to your mom's house. I'm going to find Irene and I'm going to kill her. <laughs> it's like, God dang. Wow. Uh, right at this point in the movie, I believed him. <laughs> so he's serious. Look at my eyes. Am I lying to you? No. So he opens the lid and she swings at him with like a pipe wrench. He grabs it right out of her hands, slams the, the cover down, does it a couple more times, and he interrogates her thoroughly. Yeah. It tells her again, if you don't tell me what I need to know, you know, I'm I'm gonna knock you out and then I'm gonna kill your mother. Yeah. Fair enough. We cut back to the man from the beginning who was initiating the, the distribution of the drugs. There's a woman with him, and they are looking at a private jet pulling up to an airport. He says that this lady's connected to the biggest cartels in South America. If we do this right, you can be the most powerful person on the planet. He walks outside. He's talking to this lady. He's like, hey, man, I noticed you packed light. And she's like, well, you know, I'm, if, what you, if what you said sounded too good to be true. And he's like, cool, I'm about to make you the most powerful woman in South America. Let's go. Frank gets a text from Robin. And I think he, mm. I think it just says, help me or I'm in trouble or something like that. It says H-E-K-P. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jamie catches her texting. He's like, man, what are you doing? And then she calls a number. A man answers the phone. He's like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, I was told to call this number if I ever had a problem. He says, go to this market. I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. Go to the back and ask for alligator wine. And then hangs up. So they drive over there. Uh, he's like, all right, go inside. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's, You're going to go inside. You're going to tell them everything that's happened. You're going to tell them that I kidnapped you. I got his name. Then I'm going to take care of business. And she's like, you can't do this to me. I'm a kid. And then he brings up a very, very interesting point is you're out here on the street selling drugs. You're not yeah. a kid. Yeah. Legally, you are a child, but you're in this life. You knew exactly what could happen. Quit playing around. Right. Go inside. So she goes inside and he walks in behind her, does a Clark Kent where he just puts on some glasses so no one will recognize him. You know, disguise. Uh, that was so dumb. <laughs> well, I, I assume like, so when you are disguising yourself, the whole idea is that the more stuff that makes your face not look like your face is harder to take off, right? Because if you are clean shaven and you don't wear glasses, someone takes a picture of you, they can just put glasses on your face mm, gotcha. and they draw a beard on you and they can say, oh, this is what this person looks like with a beard and glasses. But if you already have a beard and you're already wearing glasses, it makes it much harder to determine what you would look like if you were to take off those glasses and shave. So oh, okay. What you're saying is that I should just keep growing this quarantine beard. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why whenever I go get my driver's license taken, I don't shave, I don't get a haircut, and so, you know. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> For all the illegal crimes that I do. No. Yeah. Well, what legal crimes would there be? Anyways, that's not important. Robin makes it all the way to the end of the store. She walks up to, I guess, the meat market or something, and she's gets someone's attention behind the counter. She says, I need alligator wine. 
And this person just looks at her and says, that's not a thing. <laughs> I, I thought this was probably the funniest part, only because of the way this girl looks at Robin when she says, that's not a thing. And then yeah. just goes back to texting. I was like, classic. And then Robin's like, can you just ask somebody else? And so she turns around, asks an older looking man. The major is standing there watching this whole conversation go down. And then someone rolls up in a wheelchair and it's like, hey, man, can you help me with this? I don't know if it's too spicy or not. And then he just turns around and is like, I don't work here. What are you doing? The guy just has a look It was kind of rude. <laughs> yeah. The other guy. Like, he's like, hey, is this spicy or mild? And it's like, read the bottle. What are you bothering me for? <laughs> Can't you see I'm on a stakeout? But the distraction was long enough for when the major turns around, Robin's gone. I guess this is Biggie. I guess that's who this is. Hmm. Man pulls her into an office, sits her down, and he's like, okay, what's going on? And she tells him everything. This guy grabbed me. He forced me to call you. He forced me to come here. And this guy just looks really upset. This guy takes a power pill, walks out of the office, sees the major coming right towards him, and he puts like a pair of scissors at his neck. And he's like, where's Biggie? And then this guy says, Biggie works in sales. This is distribution. Yeah. Two different things. Yeah. He needs and to learn then, how business works. <laughs> the major kills a lot of people. He shoots five or six people. As it turns out, this office was actually in the back of a truck trailer. This guy's like, get the truck out of here. It pulls away with Robin in it. Eventually, he stops the truck, gets shot because he wasn't paying attention. Uh, manages to kill the person that shot him. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Opens this door and calls Robin Tracy, and I guess has another yeah. PTSD flashback. Yeah. Sees some kind of lock on a door, shoots it off. It's a control room. A very expensive computer monitor is here. And he is like, yeah, man, all these pills have trackers in them. But the people that are using it don't know is they're actually being, they're the lab rats. Robin runs away. The guy that took the power pill that the major shot wakes up and the bullet's like, yeah. Bites. slide out of him shoot out of his body wolverine yeah 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 that's what i've written down this is this wolverine scene and then <laughs> he manages to track down robin because she's just walking around the store screaming for help yeah so he <laughs> he grabs her for a second but then the major shows up kills him with a knife robin tries to run away and this is the part you were talking about earlier where he's like i need your help mm. i can pay you and she's like well you killed my cousin and he's like, no, no, I didn't kill him. He OD'd. And then he pulls out money that's covered in blood. And then she somehow gets him to a vet's office. Fair enough. Yeah. She somehow decides to take him to a vet's office. <laughs> she decides to have a baby. No. <sighs> uh, <laughs> she's sewing him up. Apparently her mom works at this vet office, which means that she knows how to do stitches. Whatever. We cut to Frank arrives at a house. It's Robin's house. There's a big armored van outside. He kind of looks in. Apparently it's Robin's mom. These guys are asking her all sorts of questions. She's not really, she's not answering. She's responding, but she's like, I don't know. I don't know where my daughter is. She's out, she's out there doing what young women do. Frank, he doesn't break into the bathroom, but he kind of gets in the bathroom. I think if you have to take off yeah, he the broke screen and crawl in, yeah. that's breaking and entering. Another yeah. crime. Just another crime. <laughs> he takes all his clothes off, wraps a towel around his waist, gets his hair wet, and then comes out of the bathroom like, hey, did you notice 
we're at a shampoo. They're like, what do you do? Like the two men that are questioning Robin's mom, Mrs. Riley, are like, what are you doing here? He's like, what am I doing here? I live here. And then he pulls her aside and he's like, Robin sent me, just play along. (laughs) And he's like, you know, did these guys identify themselves as police officers? Do they have a warrant? that They're not answering the questions because, you know, they're not cops. And then he sneezes. <laughs> and then he's like, is there a cat in here? To which one of the men asks, I thought you said you lived here. <laughs> which is, that's a good point. Yeah. Are you allergic to cats? No. Fair enough. I'm not allergic to anything. Oh. I'm only allergic to penicillin and white speed stick deodorant. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, like any powdered deodorant I really can't use. Which is really frustrating because that eliminates like 50% of the market. It does. You what, Do you use gel deodorant then? Yes. Interesting. I can only use a little because that stuff never dries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he starts recording these guys with Mrs. Riley's phone. They leave and they're about to get in their truck. And then he's like, give me some duct tape. And she's like, why should I give you any duct tape? Who are you? And he finally convinces her that Robin sent him or that he's a friend of Robin's and he needs to find her. And so he runs and duct tapes her phone behind the uh, spare wheel of this vehicle as it drives away, which is funny because he's like chasing it down the street. That with the towel, towel on. is yeah. ironclad. <laughs> I, mean, I said that out loud when watching it last night. I was like, this that towel is in place. It's got like Velcro straps. <laughs> it's got to. Yeah. yeah. We're back at the vet's office. The major is like, you ever tried power? And she's like, no. I've heard that you can OD the first time you take it. Yeah, we see it later. <laughs> she's like, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to make money? Uh, I can't be one of these students that pays attention in school and gets good grades and graduates. And he's like, you can join the army. Was he being serious about it? Well, I guess his point is that that is a sensitive subject talking about people joining the military in any conversation. But his point is is that everyone has a skill set. Everyone has a power. What his skill set was, quote unquote, killing people. And when he joined the army, they maximized his skill set. He breaks down essentially that you've got to learn to take advantage of the system because that's what he did. As soon as he found out that he was really, really good at killing people, he maximized that. He tells her that you you're a woman and you're black. The system is designed to swallow you whole. You need an edge. You need to be able to take advantage of the system. What are you going to do? The same question that the home economics teacher was telling her is you have to stand out if you want to succeed without a formal education, I guess. I guess what he was saying is like, if you just need a way out, you can just join the military. Okay. That's what I'm guessing. I think he was serious because he he doesn't seem to be not serious at any other point in this movie. So no, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. No, what did you think? I was I wasn't sure. Oh, honestly, because it seemed like he was serious, but then everything he talks about, like the army, led to all of the issues he has right now. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. he talks about how they got a bunch of military, a bunch of killers, essentially, and stuck him in a room and flooded it with radiation. You know, whatever. And then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. No big deal. <laughs> no, that's later. That's later when they're in the truck. Sorry. But it, it's not important. Well, it is important. He asks her, he's like, what What can you do? And she says, I can rap. And he's like, all right, rap. And she tells him to give him a word. I don't remember what that word is, but she freestyles. I'm not in love with this girl's flow, but she's very lyrical. So Jamie is impressed. Yeah. The major is very impressed at what she can do. He tells her, he says, that's your power. Use that power exploit that power she's like you need to take four of these 
their antibiotics. And he's like, four of them? She's like, well, these are for dogs, and you're a big dog. <laughs> At some point, she learns his name is Art. I don't know if he told her that was his name, but she starts calling yeah. him Art eventually. I don't know where that came from. She just started calling him that, and I said, oh, okay, I guess that's his name. Jamie's like, I need to find this man in the picture. But she has his keys. So she's like, if you give me $10,000, I'll take you exactly to where you need to go. And he's like, why would I give you money? She says some stuff, and then she eventually says kidnapping fee, which made me LOL out loud. <laughs> Fair enough. They negotiate down to $5,000, which is not bad. She's like, I want 10K. He says two. And then she says five. <laughs> so hi, she's a highballer. She really I is. I guess, yeah. She gets in the truck, finds a picture of Tracy. And then he asks her if she's ever heard of Telios. She's like, no. Then this is the part where he describes they put him in a room with a bunch of radiation, which didn't really do a whole lot. Maybe it enhanced his ability to kill people. Who knows? He talks about how he only did power once and it killed a lot of people and almost killed him. And then he says that my daughter came along and she had powers without needing a pill. And Telios wanted to experiment on her and he was out on that. And then he has a full-on flashback of the entire event while he's driving. And so he starts calling Rob yeah. and Tracy. We see a big bearded man. The picture that he has takes his daughter and then he runs over a barricade, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is, that was pretty funny. Uh, and then drives away. Didn't bother to stop and fix that. Nice job. Do you recognize the bearded man? Was he in Ocean's, Ele- Ocean's Eleven? No, oh, I don't know. He's in a lot of action movies. He's in John Wick. He's in Equalizer. He usually has like a different mustache, but he's just a generic thug in a lot of action movies. What's his name? I don't know. I asked if you recognized him. I didn't look it up. Oh. Do you know how much research I did for this? Minutes. Moments. <laughs> Tate Fletcher. Oh, his character's name was Wallace? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Whatever. He was a body double in The Mandalorian. Cool. Nice. All right. Cool, I guess. And a couple of them, yeah. Yeah, he was John Wick. It was a quick question, man. Oh, stop me for us to get stuck. Nah. Let's just break down his IMDb page while we're here. No, it's you ever see the movie Two Guns? He's in that too with Denzel and Mark Wahlberg. No, I never saw it. Yeah, I liked it. Fair enough. They, well, uh, I guess we can't watch it because you've already seen it. It so. wouldn't fit our <laughs> niche. So we cut to gridlock traffic. It's a Saints game. A lot of people are out trying to get to the stadium for whatever reason. They're standing outside a place where you cash checks. Some guy rolls up on a motorcycle with a girl. And I don't know how they identified this guy is important. Maybe I wasn't paying attention, but... They, he's dressed super fancy. He has a really nice motorcycle. She's, you know, dressed to the, what is it, to the nines? Yeah. And they're walking to a check cashing place. In the, yeah, in but the I don't know how they recognize these people as people that are involved. That's what I'm saying. Like, I missed how this person was They have an address. In. They know it's going to be that place. They're looking at fancy people who do not yeah. need to go into a check cashing place or walking in. So they're like, okay, yeah, that's the place. Like, that's... Yeah. But they recognize them before they ever go in. That's my point. I've answered your question three times. I don't know how to answer it a different way. <laughs> well, they didn't they recognize know. them. They recognized that they were out of place. And so they followed them. But they didn't follow them. They did. They park and then he bumps into him as soon as he sees him. It all takes place in the span of like three mm-hmm. seconds. Oh, I don't know. I was on my phone probably. I don't know, man. <laughs> Art bumps into this guy, steals his keys, tosses them to uh, Robin. And he says, kidnapping fee. But, well, so he bumps into this guy, and he, like, opens his jacket, and he's got a gun. Cool. Whatever. And so he's like, all right, I'm going to go in there. Just hang out out here. 
And she's like, whoa, whoa, I thought we were Batman and Robin. And he says, that's a movie. This is real life, which is true. He buys some vagrant alcoholic beverage, whatever. That vagrant had, was he just covered in like a leopard print tattoo from head to toe? (laughs) Interesting. He buys his alcohol, walks into this check cashing place, and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then just keeps going, meets up with the list guy. And he's like, man, you're not on this list. And then he beats him up. I don't know if he kills him or not, but he beats him up. And then I have it down here. Nobody likes the list guy. Yeah. We cut to the salesman standing in front of like a big tank. It's like a, it looks like the tank that they put the Hulk in from uh, Avengers or Loki. It's the tank they put Loki in. That's right. It was for the Hulk, but they ended up putting Loki in it. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to explain everything to this woman who's with the cartels. He describes an animal, a lizard, who can regrow its limbs, regenerate its limbs. And then he just, and then well, he's describing all the different ways that, and the animal kingdom is adapted to life on Earth. It shows an octopus, an armadillo, birds. And he's describing how we, we, what we do is we take these animal powers and we put them in the pill form or it like random. Because I, I, I still don't know, like, how does it work? Is unlocking dormant dna that's why everyone has like when you oh. take the pill you get the same power every time you take you take a pill okay that makes more sense no, i mean not really but yeah go ahead <laughs> oh no no i mean when i say fair enough that explains to me what you were talking about yeah the whole time i was like so how does it always give you bulletproof ability hmm. he's like this will harness all these things blah 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 and then she asks what about the death factor and he replies with your classic pharma bro response which is results may vary Frank shows up, he sees Robin, and he's like, I'm looking for this guy. And she's like, well, you know, I don't know where he is. Eventually it comes out that she's here with him. He's just trying to get his daughter back. He didn't do anything wrong. Except for all the murder, but yeah, go on. Frank's not necessarily buying it. He needs to find this guy. They just have a little back and forth outside. The salesman talks about this interesting cage. So the the stuck-up guy, who's I find out later his name is Moto. I guess he was riding a motorcycle, whatever. His girl gets a power pill and goes inside the cage. And then she has ice powers. And I have here, just like Frozen. The guy even says, just like Frozen. Yeah, he says, <laughs> just like Frozen. <laughs> but what they do is they, in this cage, they like turn the heat up a little bit so she doesn't just freeze. Right. Well, that doesn't work out. Spoilers. <laughs> Art is standing at the bar watching this whole thing go down. Distracts the bartender. And then... Kills him by shoving his face onto a spike of an ice sculpture. And Didn't that like, oh. feel unnecessary? Yes. Yeah, very unnecessary. <laughs> we actually get a, a like an interesting sequence where this guy's blood is draining out mm. into this ice sculpture. And it's just kind of like spooling around. And someone pours a drink and it's full of blood. Whatever. Cool. Yeah, I guess. Jamie Foxx approaches Biggie. He says, dry martini, and this guy turns around and grabs the drink and then looks over and it's like, oh, it's you. Like He says it out loud, like he recognizes this guy. And he's like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take two steps. We're going to get out of here. And he's like, well, I'm in the middle of a sale. <laughs> yeah. The lady who was getting a drink of blood wine, I guess that's what that was, <laughs> looks over, sees the dead bartender, screams. Everyone pulls guns out. The cartel lady is like, look, look, I'm just here for the pills. And then he's like, take him. We'll work it out later. And then more guys show up with guns. Yeah. Who are pointing the guns at other people. Yeah. There's a ruckus. A ruckus. One of the people takes 
a power pill and he's wearing like a mask and then he just explodes. Yeah, very similar to Newt at the beginning, but he only took one pill for him to explode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have yeah, this is not a good power. No. <laughs> well <laughs> It's funny you say that. I said that out loud. I was watching it with my dad and he just goes, Well, what if he just gets back together after the five minutes? <laughs> It'd be useful. I don't think it's going to work that way. No, I don't think so. We have a great action sequence. From the perspective of the girl inside the tank who's freezing, because this tablet that this salesman was holding falls on the ground. It kind of shatters a little bit. says connection lost. It's no longer heating anymore, I guess. But she's still getting colder. Like I said, we get the sequence from her perspective inside the tank, Mm -hmm. like a rotating camera. A bunch of people get shot and killed, including her guy her boo yeah and then she eventually freezes solid sad she freezes solid except for her hair (laughs) her hair does not freeze uh sure continuity error we got a continuity error no one okay no one the major finally chases down and gets his salesman shoots him in the hand which blows off some of his fingers and i thought that was kind of rude and then uh he tells him about genesis what's genesis don't insult my intelligence art so Frank shows up, stops Art, the major. <laughs> sold his intelligence in the name of a boat. No, no, no. What? Was, uh, I was making a reference to Wrath um, Khan. Oh. He's like, oh. he's like, tell me about Genesis. And he says, Genesis, what's that? He's like, don't insult my intelligence, Kirk. Guess you're not a real Star Trek fan. Where was I? Frank shows up, stops Art, the major. And then the salesman takes one of his power pills and gets really big. Like really, really, really big. Chases them down a little bit. Is he like 12 feet tall or something like that? Like he's massive. He's brushing the the ceiling for sure. Yeah. They kind of run away. Art smacks the nozzles off some gas canisters or containers or whatever. Shoots over near them, which causes a spark, which I don't know how real that is. The big guy gets blown up. Well, everyone gets blown up, really. I have here that a a poorly animated CGI arm falls down on the hood of a car. Ah, It wasn't that bad. (laughs) It wasn't that bad. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Frank arrests Art. Robin's like, you can't do this. He needs to find his daughter. And then This uh, is what I'm talking about. How did he let him get arrested? Let himself get arrested? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, I think... It, the only thing I can think of is that Art realizes that this guy isn't corrupt. And so, like, that's the whole thing is he doesn't kill him because there's no reason to kill this guy because he's innocent. Like, he's just doing his job. I guess. I don't know. Sure. I mean, that bartender was totally a psychopath. <laughs> the, the doorman, who he totally did kill, are all bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, sure. They're not, uh... <laughs> Could you imagine if it's your first day? You're filling in for a friend. Hey, man, you want to you wanna get some extra cash this weekend? Just got to be door guy for this private event. A bunch of rich people. You don't go in or anything. Just hang out the door. Come oh, and go. sure, yeah. There's even a door between you and the people people coming in to talk to you. They have to get past that first to get buzzed in. Then they talk to you. So it's real easy. Nope. Dead. <laughs> Murdered. <laughs> so Frank is, um, he's driving. He has Art in the front seat. He calls the captain. Captain doesn't answer, so he leaves a voicemail. Art tells him, like, hey, man, you're making a mistake. He breaks it down. He's like, you're in a second. Your captain's going to call you. And he's going to tell you to meet someplace that's not the precinct. Think about it. You have all these federal officers in town, local officials being bought and paid for. You're telling me that all this stuff going on doesn't raise enough suspicions for, you know, more important people to get involved. 
while he's telling him all this, he actually does get a text message from his captain. He says, do you want me to bring him in? He says, no. Where are you? Give me your location. Stay where you are. A train is passing in front of them. And in the gaps of the train cars across the actual tracks there, you see a van. And Art even tells him that van isn't full of police officers or whatever. And then while he's also saying this, Frank actually sees someone standing there with an automatic weapon. Yeah. They didn't need to know his location. They found him. Yeah. And then so eventually he just says, um, well, what, what do I need to do? And then Art tells him, you still got them pills? The train finally passes. Everyone swarms the car. And Frank is just in the passenger seat by himself. Art gets taken to the Genesis ship. Frank follows them. Robin is there. He's like, all right, well, you know, I got to go in there and get him out. You got to be out here and be my eyes and ears. And she's like, that's not important. And he's like, yeah, man. It actually is. Everyone looks at, thinks the lookout is just like a chump job. <laughs> but the lookout is always the first person. Like, there are so many stories. A better lookout would have made things go a lot better. That's all I'm right. saying. Frank takes a pill, walks up to the gate, and is like, you know, hey, I work for the Harbor Master. You guys need to give me $10,000 cash. <laughs> Robin keeps telling him to do the Clint Eastwood thing. And he gives this long speech about, look, man, are you going to make a bad decision? And you're going to make me go get my boss, wake him up bring him down here and then talk to your boss or are you going to make a good decision and just go make a call punk (laughs) (laughs) sure art meets a woman and she's like you know i'm glad you're back he just asks where his daughter is where's tracy she's like well take him down below harvest any useful material you can get and then flush the rest the gate opens the guy comes back and says yeah man i got a message and he frank gets shot fair enough yeah yeah, I thought it was great. Would have been perfect unless, except, you know, he's bulletproof. Very <laughs> uh, convenient. We, we cut back to this woman talking to Art, and she tells him a story about, the. I don't remember this lady's name, but she goes to a doctor, and while he's performing the operation, he scrapes some cells off of her heart. And everything we know about modern medicine, apparently, is thanks to this doctor illegally stealing this woman's biological material, blah, blah, blah. Just your typical evil villain overarching stuff. (laughs) Art tells her to shove it, and then he gets tasered. Frank infiltrates the boat. (laughs) I think he breaks someone's neck, or he hits someone really, really hard. I don't know. It's after he woke up after getting shot. He doesn't die. Yeah. Robin infiltrates with him. She gets on a van, or she gets in the van from earlier, and then that van gets picked up by a crane and put on the boat. Smart. She is the laziest sneak but gets anywhere she wants to go. <laughs> you know, why do the work when someone else can do it for you? No, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Frank and Robin infiltrate the control room. He says this thing is just like county because there's switches that open the doors and there's a complete lockdown, which just locks all of them at once. They're going to start some mischief. Art gets taken down and chained to a chair. The big bearded man is with him. Then the alarms go off. Everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. The lady and the big bearded man are communicating. They're trying to get to the control room. He takes a power pill and punches off some doors. So that's his ability is he can punch metal off, I guess. <laughs> Just only metal. Yeah. If this was a wooden boat, he'd be screwed. <laughs> Robin finds Tracy. While Frank is walking around, there's another man who sees him and he takes a power pill. And apparently his power is to become very bendy. Yeah, like like his joints and bones can fold. Yeah, without twist his arms around and whatnot. Yeah, Yeah. his bones become rubber, but he's somehow able to stand. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think it's maybe his joints like just 
I don't know. It's unimportant. This guy and Frank get into a fight. Robin cheers him on. They get the Bindi man stuck in a hatch. They shut it and he gets his arm stuck. I don't know if that kills him or not, but... When his power runs off, I'm sure it's not going to be pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> right as the big bearded man breaks through... Wallace, I think, was his character's name, right? As soon as he breaks into yeah, the control Wallace. room, Robin sticks an axe through the computer, breaking it. The woman from earlier gets the boat launched. Robin, Frank, and the big bearded man are all walking around these halls. We get a scene of that. Robin finds a big control, or not a control, but like a big room with a computer. We cut to Art sitting in the chair telling a story. And he's like, you know how they say we got all this power from animals, right? Do you know what my power is? Pistol shrimp. Did you know what the pistol shrimp was before this scene? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you look it up? I remember watching some episode of some show on the Discovery or Nature Channel. At first learning about them. But yeah, they can generate very, very, very hot flashes of water, apparently. <laughs> or air, whichever one. But anyways, he's like, that's my power. And then this guy looks over at him and he has this the pill in his mouth. And so he gets untied. Fair enough. Wallace shows up and he and Art are going to fight. And then Robin is like hiding from someone in a room that the lights are off. And she manages to take out a tier one operator with an observation light. Yeah. Cool. God. Frank and Art kill the bearded man with a shotgun blast right to the chest. Robbins finds Tracy. The woman from earlier is very serious about finding Tracy. She keeps calling her the asset. Yeah, you got to dehumanize the your slaves. Yeah. Everyone is on high alert. Frank and Art arrive to the front of the boat. They don't see Tracy or, well, they don't see Robin. He's like, what's going on? He's like, well, I told them, I told Robin to meet me at the front of the boat if anything bad happened. Tracy and Art share a nice little hug. It's time to go. They got to get to the lifeboats. As they're running through the shipping container section, there's someone on top of them, and he takes a power pill, and he can produce bone protrusions from his limbs. Cool. Yeah, yeah, why not? Apparently, he's very proficient at hand-to-hand combat. I mean, why wouldn't you if that would be your power? They're walking around... Frank and Tracy make it into the lifeboat. Art and Robin manage to take down the bony man. How Art kills him is he like gets him down on one knee and then shoves his neck into his own bony protrusion. Metal. Scary. Very, very brutal. Art gets into the, the lifeboat, but Robin gets taken. It starts raining, and this lady calls out, and she's like, Hey man, if you don't give me Tracy, I'm going to kill this girl. Art takes the power pill, gets out of the lifeboat, Walks down the stairs, and this lady just keeps saying it like, we want Tracy. He says, how about you give me Robin, and we everyone walks away from this. The lady isn't having it. I don't think they say her name, but I'm going to start calling her by her character name, which is Gardner. Yeah. Gardner? Gardner. Gardner. All right. Why not? He takes the pill, and sure enough, he just generates huge waves of heat, just superheated air, and just burns everything around him. Anytime he like moves his arm... Like a huge wave follows it, and he burns a bunch of these other people yeah. alive. It kills them. Then there's a really big shock wave, which knocks a crane over, which falls on Gardner. I have your yikes. Yeah. What a way to go. <laughs> Robin runs over to Art. He's not breathing anymore. Tracy runs down, and apparently she's either a healer or has the ability to reverse dying tissue, which I guess is healing. When she's walking earlier in the ship, she passes a plant and the plant perks up and grows a little bit. Mm, I guess I missed that. So d- does she take on the I don't the know. Thing? I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Art survives. They get onto the lifeboat. They launch into the water. 
And then Frank asks Tracy if she can heal a gunshot wound. <laughs> Everyone chuckles. Because <laughs> he still has like the bloodshot eye from the gunshot wound from the beginning of the movie. Oh, okay. He's basically just ah. met this woman and is asking for favors. Okay, fair enough. Well, our scene cuts. We have a radio that's uh, maybe the same radio DJ talking about two explosions. The Coast Guard can't find the boat involved. Then Art asks Frank what he's going to do next. And he's like, yo, I'm going to find a reporter that wants a really big story. Art tells him, you know, once you do that, there's no turning back. Well, the first thing he says is I'm going to have a long talk with my captain. Then I'm going to find a reporter who wants a big story. Art tells Robin, hey, go to my truck, open it up. And in the back, you'll find a bag. And in that bag is what we agreed on. He and Tracy drive away in this truck, I guess, from the impound lot. Frank hands Robin her mom's phone. And then she's like, why do you have my mom's phone? (laughs) <laughs> he just says, I don't want to talk about it. And then walks away. <laughs> Robin goes and gets the bag that was full of cash. And then she just dumps it in front of her mother. She doesn't know what's going on. And then we hear the DJ talking about the new hit single from Robin Riley. And then we hear her rapping on the radio. Uh, that's the end of the Do movie. We? I missed that that was her rapping on the radio. Oh, there is no post credit scene. But in the middle of the credits, we actually see her writing lyrics underneath a bridge. Credits yeah. finish and there's nothing else unless I missed something. But yeah, nothing else. All right. Well, that was our extensive plot breakdown. There's a lot. A lot to unpack, even though there wasn't really a whole, a whole lot of plot. So, as the sci-fi wise guys, after we do our plot breakdown, we uh, give our final thoughts and ultimately decide whether or not what we watched is worth the price of subscription. Anthony. Yes, Chris. Did you like this movie? <laughs> Shut up, Chris. <laughs> No, I didn't like this movie. I, I wouldn't fault anyone else for enjoying it. It's It didn't have enough... It wasn't like The Old Guard or a lot of these other stylized action movies where I could just, all right, whatever, and just enjoy the action sequences. The mystery plot wasn't mysterious enough and there wasn't really any twists there. It's got a really, really weak message. Find out what makes you special and exploit it. Well, all right. It was weak. It was just weak. Tonally weak. Plot was weak. Characters are weak. I was surprised because honestly, I think we said at the beginning of the movie, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I was expecting a lot more mm-hmm. from him, but also from this project because he's attached to it. Like he, he sold me on this and now I feel betrayed. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, how about you? Do you feel like this was worth the price of subscription? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I agree with you. I didn't necessarily like the movie. I thought parts of it were okay. Uh, overall, all in all, is just disappointing. It's just a disappointing movie. And that's okay. You know, we've said it before. They they can't all be bangers, right? Yeah, but I'd Not like a- one of them to be okay. That's <laughs> what I'm for, man. Not every movie can be great. I mean, that's what allows us to have great movies is having mediocre and disappointing movies like this. Sure, sure. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. I... I picked this movie out, as you said, and I was expecting, like I said, I was expecting good things. I was looking forward to us watching a good movie for once, so double disappointed. We watch good movies all the time. (laughs) It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it. (laughs) All right. Well, unless you got anything else to add, I think we're pretty much good to go. Unless you wanted to talk about Iru Mugon, the movie that this... No, I don't know anything about it. It's apparently... ripped off. Yeah, it's weird that they even mentioned that in the Wikipedia is quite because so, it says it's similar but if we just started listing movies that are similar to other movies we would be here all week well a little bit of the plot so there's a guy named vikram mm-hmm. that's his stage name he's an indian actor known as his real name is kennedy john victor anyways 
Vikram plays a double role character for the first time as Akalan Vinod, a suspended raw agent who is on a mission to track down Love, a wanted criminal scientist who illegally supplies inhalers which contain a speed drug for terrorists. It's a drug that gives somebody extraordinary strength for five minutes. All right, so yeah. it's a drug that makes you better for five minutes, but we already made the comparison to Limitless. Yeah, this came out in 2016, so far after Limitless came out. The, the whole, this little, and this is an argument I've made about a lot of science fiction, is that you could take the same basic idea, even the same large brushstrokes of a story, but you put that story in Star Trek, or you put that story in Star Wars, or you put that story in television versus a movie or whatever, and it's told differently. Like, we, we see the same stories and the same stuff all the time, but it's yeah, told differently. Like, we, we mentioned Code 8, comparing it to this, and comparing at Code 8 to X-Men, or we compared Umbrella Academy to X-Men. They're not ripping off each other. They're the same ideas, but they're different. Yeah. That's what's great about the science fiction genre in particular is that we're able to take, oh yeah, it's a school full of superheroes or it's a drug that gives you some sort of superpower and do several different movies off of it and TV shows and whatnot. And yeah. everyone has their own twist. So no, I don't think it's a ripoff. I actually kind of think that it's a weak, it's a weak Wikipedia entry for them to take one article that is <laughs> literally, it's not, I mean, this isn't even a full article. This is a snippet because somebody on Twitter. What if it, what if it, it was this guy? What if it's this guy, Vikram? Oh, and he's just trying to get some. <laughs> it's not. It's somebody to, else, but yeah. He wants the link to. Nah, who knows? Do you want to do our social media plugs? Or do you want me to do it? We can tag team it. Well, if you liked what you heard, which uh, is debatable because this movie wasn't that good, but hopefully we were fantastic on it. Feel free to like and subscribe. Review us on all your major podcasting platforms. iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Casts. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever. Share with your friends. Share with your enemies. You can hit us up on Twitter at B underscore Roll Podcast. There we post episode updates, sneak peeks, teasers, stuff like that. You can also join our Facebook group, The B Roll Podcast group. We do the same thing on that. On Instagram, we are at Sci-Fi Wise Guys. And then uh, we also have a Patreon. You want to give us the Patreon? Patreon.com slash B underscore Roll. If you are able to support with your hard-earned money, just know that goes directly into making the podcast better, hosting fees, hardware, that type of thing. So we appreciate it. You can email us at scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. You send us your suggestions, send us your jokes. We'll steal them and tell them as our own. And yeah. send us your fan art and uh, tell us why we're wrong and Power is the greatest movie in the 2020s. Is it not disappointing that Kanye West didn't appear in the soundtrack? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep my Kanye West opinions to myself. I don't want to talk about it. We just want to thank everyone for listening. You know, it's a rough year. We got about three and a half months left. So 2021, hopefully that's a better year. And uh, we want you guys to stay healthy, stay hydrated. And most importantly, remember that you are loved by the hosts of this podcast and its community. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. We cut to... What's what's your mom's what? job? What did she do was, while you were growing up? She was a teacher. Never mind. That's not going to work <laughs> with the joke I was thinking. <laughs> My dad worked in a building with no windows. 
Yeah, same. Uh, on a military base. So, yeah. is your joke going to work for that one too? Nope. <laughs> no, no, we're moving on. We're past my joke. No, no, what was it? Tell me. I don't know. I was I was going to it was all going to be off the cuff, but then as soon as kids were in the scene, I just I was out. I was done. <laughs> um so 